This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Over 100 years ago, an 11-year-old boy left his drink on a porch during a cold night. The glass was filled with powdered soda dissolved in water and a stirring stick to mix it up. 20 years later, Frank Epperson, that very forgetful boy, presented his accidental invention, the Popsicle, in a California park. There's no record of the original Popsicle flavor, but among the very first were cherry, the most popular one, lemon, orange, banana, watermelon, grape, and even root beer. Chocolate chip cookies are somewhat younger than Popsicles, having been invented in the 1930s. Ruth Wakefield, the owner of a popular restaurant named The Toll House Inn, is considered to be the inventor of these scrumptious cookies. There are various stories behind this invention. One story claims that Ruth ran out of baker's chocolate and decided to replace it with some basic semi-sweet chocolate, expecting it would melt completely. But it didn't. Another story says some chocolate just accidentally fell into the batter. Ruth denied the accidental origin of her cookies, claiming that it was all done deliberately. There are many legends behind the creation of the potato chip. One claims they were invented in 1853 by a chef at a luxurious New York restaurant. French fries were one of the specials at this restaurant, and people seemed to love them. But there was one customer who wasn't satisfied with the quality, complaining they were too thick. When the chef, George Crumb, (laughs) not crummy at all, cooked thinner French fries, the picky customer complained again. George deliberately made his next batch of fries paper-thin. These fries were so thin, it was impossible to eat them with cutlery. Surprisingly, the finicky eater loved the dish. The chip's recipe spread, and within a few decades, potato chips could be found in all the American grocery stores, turning from a hot dish to a fast snack. Worcestershire sauce is another product that wasn't invented deliberately. Two English chemists, John Willie Lee and William Henry Perrins, simply forgot about some barrels in the pharmacy basement for a couple of years. The first mixture they had made was totally inedible due to super strong flavor. But when they forgot some barrel of the mixture in the basement, it became fermented. When the chemists rediscovered the barrels and were curious to try it, they found that the taste had mellowed. This condiment is now used to intensify even those dishes that originally didn't have it. For example, chili con carne. Worcestershire sauce is part of the fifth flavor, umami, or savoriness, which explains its rich taste. Tofu, or bean curd, was invented centuries ago. One of its origin theories is that tofu was first created by a Chinese prince. Another theory claims that tofu appeared as a result of mixing boiled ground beans and sea salt. The salt was quite impure and probably contained calcium and magnesium. These ingredients let the bean mixture produce its curd-like consistency. One more legend says that some nigari, a sort of evaporated sea salt, was accidentally dropped into soy milk. Today, doctors tell you to stay away from Coca-Cola, but it was surprisingly invented by John Pemberton, who had a medical degree and was a pharmacist. 
Pemberton's French wine coca was initially used as a remedy for severe pains, headache, and as a nerve tonic. In 1886, a prohibition law was introduced, and John had to change the recipe to remove the alcohol. One thing was left unchanged, though, the cola nut that gave the drink its trademark flavor. Some legends say that John only accidentally added carbonated water to the new recipe. But in fact, he knew exactly what he wanted to do. Pemberton thought bubbles were a savory alternative to alcohol. John's cola is definitely the Coke precursor, but today's drink differs from the original Pemberton's recipe. The sandwich was invented by accident, too. Back in the 1700s, John Montague, the fourth Earl of Sandwich, ordered his valet to make him a simple dish that could be eaten with no cutlery at all. He asked the valet to tuck some meat in between two loaves of bread. Lord Sandwich was particularly addicted to playing cards, and this dish let him eat without stopping the game. The cards didn't get greasy either. People started asking to bring the same as Sandwich to their games, and soon the dish had its common name. The tomato ketchup we ate today is such a modified version that it actually has nothing to do with original ketchup recipe. You can trace its roots back to the 17th century, when the Chinese mixed pickled fish and spices, calling it a word that sounded a bit like ketchup, and which meant the brine of pickled fish. The English first tried this sauce about 100 years later. The British version featured mushrooms, shallots, and even walnuts. Later, the word ketchup changed its meaning and could be used for any dark-colored sauce. The first tomato ketchup had anchovies among its ingredients which hints back to its relation to the Chinese fish sauce. Nachos aren't some ancient Mexican food. They were invented less than 100 years ago. Ignacio Anaya, nicknamed Nacho, is said to have invented this dish in the 1940s. Ignacio was a chef, and one day a regular customer asked if Ignacio could bring her and her three friends something different as a snack. He saw how hungry the ladies were and decided to cook something quick for them. He had to improvise using available ingredients. So he grabbed some fried tortillas, grated loads of cheese on top of them, and heated the dish from above. To make the dish more savory, he added some jalapeno peppers on top. The very regular customer asked the name of the unusual snack. Ignacio didn't think long and said, Nacho Special. Cheese puffs used to be a waste product in the 1930s. Edward Wilson noticed some oozing corn in one of the machines at a factory that produced flake food for animals. Those ribbons seemed interesting, so Edward decided to take them home and try to season them. He also noticed that the puffy corn hardened if it was exposed to air. The experiment turned out to be a success, so it was later developed into a world-famous snack. Now, instant noodles weren't invented by mistake, but there were several mistakes while inventing them. The main idea was to create something with a long shelf life. After several unsuccessful attempts, Momofuku Ando invented the method of preserving the noodles. They were processed in various ways, like steamed, dehydrated, fried in hot oil, and seasoned. And instant noodles used to be a luxury product, since they cost way more than the fresh noodles everyone was used to. Another product that was invented unwittingly is yogurt. It first appeared in Central Asia thousands of years ago. Some herders stored milk in a place with an abundance of bacteria without knowing it. 
the milk was fermented and it resulted in a thicker texture and flavor change. One of the herders wasn't scared of that kind of dish and tried it. Nothing bad happened to him, so other people started eating it too. Today, pink lemonade has that nice color because of grape juice or added colorants. But there are two legends of how it was invented, and both feature circus workers. The first story alleges that Henry Allot, who worked in a circus, unwittingly dropped a few red cinnamon candies in the lemonade, which gave it that vibrant pink color. The other story is gross. It claims that circus worker Pete Conklin one day ran out of water for lemonade and instead used the water from the tub where one of his colleagues had washed her red stockings. The color of the pants turned the water pink. Pete added some sugar, slices of lemon, and acid. He called it strawberry lemonade. The customers liked it a lot, and his sales doubled. Yes, the people were panting for the stuff. The tartatatin, which is a caramelized, upside-down version of an apple pie, was cooked for the very first time by mistake. Two sisters, Stephanie and Carolyn Tatton, ran a hotel in the 1800s. One day, Stephanie wanted to cook a simple apple pie. But she stewed the apples in butter for too long. To conceal her mistake, she put the crust on top of the apples and put it in the oven. When she took the pie out of the oven, she noticed several burn marks. It was a bad cooking day. She didn't want the guests to notice, so she flipped the pie over and presented it as a brand new recipe. Surprisingly, the guests just loved the pie, which soon became their signature dessert. Okay, gotta go. I'm really hungry. So, Alexander the Great, one of the most famous figures in ancient history, was apparently a big fan of one summer treat beloved by many to this day. Marco Polo, the Italian explorer and writer, is said to have brought back from Asia a recipe resembling sorbet, a frozen dessert made by mixing sugar-sweetened water with different types of flavoring. This dessert, which was later named cream ice, was a frequent treat at the court of Charles I of England in the 17th century. In France, it was Catherine de' Medici who introduced the beloved frozen dessert soon after she married Henry II. The frozen treat became available for the general public somewhere in the 1660s, when a Sicilian man blended milk, cream, butter, and eggs at Café Procope, the first known café in Paris. Thomas Jefferson himself had a preferred recipe for ice cream, which took a staggering 18 steps to complete. Ice cream has become so important in popular culture that it even has its own laws and regulations to accompany it, to make sure ice cream is always produced with its certain levels of quality. Not every frozen dessert you see out there is, in fact, ice cream. To be commercialized under this name, the Icy Delight needs to contain a minimum of 10% dairy milk fat and mustn't weigh less than 4.5 pounds per gallon. Genuine ice cream doesn't actually need to be too fluffy. In technical terms, that means it must have no more than 100% overrun. So, to get to that specific texture we've all come to know and love, the ice cream base needs to be sufficiently whipped, but only to a certain percentage. Specifically, for every gallon of ice cream base, the end products must not exceed 2 gallons after whipping. Your favorite summer dessert can yet again be broken down into many other subcategories, like reduced-fat ice cream, low-fat ice cream, or non-fat ice cream, based on, what do you think, fat percentage. To have a solid idea of what you're ordering each time, 
it's best to look at the nutritional information of each product. One interesting type of frozen dessert is gelato. Although it literally translates to ice cream in Italian, there are differences between the two again, based on regulations on milk fat content. Gelato normally has less milk fat than ice cream officially should have, but since it has a low overrun, about 20-30%, the end result is still dense and rich in texture. The Italians also mention that gelato shouldn't have less than 3.5% of fat. If this doesn't seem complicated enough, the French also bring their own twist to the dessert. French ice cream, also known as frozen custard, apart from the standard ingredients, also needs to have eggs added to the mixture, with no less than 1.4% egg yolk. You've probably mislabeled many other food items, like, say, raspberries, as they're actually a member of the rose family, along with cherries, apricots, plums, pears, apples, peaches, or blackberries. They are added to this category based on their flowers. They bloom in five equal petals arranged around a central core. Bananas are considered berries, while strawberries aren't since they belong to the same rose family. We also share about 50% of our DNA with bananas, which explains why both bananas and certain attractive people can both have appeal. Another common misconception White chocolate isn't actually chocolate, since it doesn't contain any chocolate solids. It's made only from a mixture of sugar, milk products, vanilla, lecithin, and cocoa butter. Parents all over the world don't try to convince their kids to eat broccoli for no reason. On a calorie-by-calorie basis, it turns out that broccoli has nearly as much protein in it as a steak. Now, I'm not convinced parents actually know that, but given the low-fat content, Broccoli has many other health benefits as opposed to meat. We now see it as the mandatory companion for fries, but at some point in time, ketchup was actually considered to have healing properties. In the 1880s, a doctor based in Ohio indicated that tomatoes could help treat digestive issues, publishing a ketchup-like formula that was later transformed into a pill. Hey, you want to have a pill with those fries? Speaking of French fries, it turns out one of the most popular side dishes in the world isn't actually French. Potatoes served this way actually originated in Belgium, but they're called that because of how they're cut. And maybe also because the name Brussels sprouts was already taken. I'm almost certain there's a jar of peanut butter somewhere in your cupboard. But I'll bet you didn't know how valuable it actually was. And I'm not talking about peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Studies have shown that Americans go through enough peanut butter to coat the floor of the Grand Canyon each year. Just to be a bit more precise here, that's about 500 million pounds. Hey, if somebody did that on YouTube, I'd watch. The pink coloring of salmon isn't always like that by default. Wild salmon is pink due to a large amount of shrimp they consume natively. Farm-raised salmon, however, is generally white. So producers need to add plant-based pigments to get that light pink hue. Carrots weren't originally orange either. The red-yellow tint we are now familiar with comes from a genetic mutation of the well-known vegetable that occurred somewhere in the 16th century. Carrots were initially white or purple. Just like you add ketchup to the side of fries, you're most likely having a dab of wasabi with every plate of sushi. Well, it's most certainly dyed horseradish. The Japanese alternative to horseradish is quite expensive. That's why 99% of restaurants in the U.S. actually use regular horseradish instead. You may see them packed together in the supermarket, 
But red, green, and yellow peppers aren't actually the same vegetable. You'd need different types of seeds to be able to grow them individually, as they're each their own type of plant species. Did you know one in four hazelnuts ends up in a Nutella jar? The creamy spread is so popular that scientists are looking into ways to grow hazelnuts in labs to counteract the global shortage. That's something to think about when you ask for an extra topic. Sure, there's an expiration date on each bottle of water, but the water itself doesn't actually expire. The date mentioned there is, in fact, for the bottle itself, since the plastic can eventually leak harmful substances into the water. Ever wondered why airplane food sometimes tastes bland? The chef may not always be to blame. The altitude you're flying at has some effects on your body chemistry, making you taste things differently. You've added it to a salad at least once, but you may be surprised to know that cilantro and coriander are not, in fact, the same thing. Coriander is what the dried seeds are called, while the leaves and the stems go by cilantro. So now you know. For all the fruit lovers out there, scientists came up with a fruit salad tree. Yep, that's right, a tree that can grow different types of fruit at the same time. They were developed in Australia and can support up to six different types of fruit. There's a stone fruit variation that features peaches, plums, nectarines, apricots, and peach cots, and a citrus variation for those who prefer lemons, limes, mandarins, oranges, or even tangelos, pomelos, and grapefruits. You most likely avoid it because it can give you bad breath. But garlic is considered one of the most nutrient-dense foods out there. A single clove of garlic can contain 2% of your vitamin B6 the whole day. Studies have shown that the chemical that gives garlic its distinctive flavor, called allicin, is good for your health. The only type of food that never spoils when stored properly is honey. Or at least, the only one we've discovered so far. That's because it contains a high amount of sugar and has a low moisture content. An enzyme created by bees also helps do the trick, as it can suppress any bacterial growth. Of course, if you store your honey the wrong way and expose it to additional moisture, it can go bad. But honey that is sealed and stored correctly technically has no expiration date. Now, if you're just starting out with your cooking skills, you'll be pleased to know mushrooms can't be overcooked. That's because they contain a polymer called chitin. This chemical allows them to remain tender, even if you cook them from a few minutes to up to an hour. Hey, just add some butter and garlic. Nobody will ever know.